Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, everyone, it's Jeff Dwoskin, your host. How are you? Hope all is well. Thanks for joining us for another bonus episode here on the Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dwoskin Show feed. This, of course, the Crossing the Streams bonus episode where we bring you curated segments from some of the best episodes of Crossing the Streams, our weekly live show we do every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You're welcome to join us live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Find over 60 hours of Crossing the Streams episodes on YouTube right now. Just search out The Jeff Jawaskin Show. Dive into any episode. But if you don't have time for that, you've come to the right place because we're sending segments of that show right to your ears right now as you're sitting there. That's what's happening. This is what you're experiencing right now. What are you about to experience? You're about to experience the answer to the universal question. What should I be watching on TV? What should I be watching next? What are some of the greatest TV binges out there and movies that I should be drinking in on my streaming channels? Well, this episode is about to put a dent into that for you. We got segments from episode 26, 20, and 25. Greater, Made for Love, and The Con. All coming at you in just a few minutes, but we're going to start with Made for Love. Fan favorite Howard Rosner is going to take us through that one. Take it away, Roz. Found this totally by accident. I was looking for something new, and I just happened to flip past it. It's uh, it was a Cinemax show, eight episodes from earlier this year. That's uh, streaming on HBO Max. I loved this show. It's a black comedy, a definitely dark comedy. Stars Kristen Milioti, who uh, has been in a couple of things recently. She was in Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. I thought she was great in that. She played uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's first wife on Wolf of Wall Street, just for context. Oh, and then all right. Billy Magnuson plays her husband in the movie. He is blonde-haired guy that you've seen in a bunch of stuff. He's one of the mortgage guys, Ron, in The Big Short that mm-hmm. we love that uh, when they talk to him about strippers and he goes, yes, he's that guy. <laughs> uh, but he was he was uh, in Game Night. He was the friend that had all the hot, ditzy girlfriends that he brought. And then it's got Ray Romano. And Ray Romano keeps doing roles that he's excellent. He's so far beyond his show now. And he's great in this show. And then the other one is uh, that I love is Dan Bacadal, who is uh, kind of, um, if, if you know him, he was Veep. He was the guy that always uh, had all the dirt the last couple of seasons. Every uh, metaphor was a ridiculously sexual <laughs> metaphor to explain something. He's hysterical and he's great. So the gist of the show is they are a married couple. His la- his name, Billy Magnuson's name is Byron Gogol, basically Google. He is the guy that invented the technology that runs the entire world. And his latest invention is a product that he's called Made for Love, which is designed to be chips implanted in the brain of married couples that allow you to share one brain, essentially. And she discovers, based on his announcement, that they are going to be user one. She has not left the hub, which is 
their home and technology center, the headquarters for Google. She has not left there for 10 years since they were married, and she is not happy in the marriage. And now she finds out that she's going to be user one. So in the first couple of minutes, it actually opens with her escaping the hub and going on the run, essentially. And it's it goes from there. It is a hysterical show. It's like I said, it's definitely got some dark humor, has some definite biting commentary about where we are today. It's really unique. It was eight episodes, super fast watch. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this. It's so much more fun when it's a show out of nowhere that you had no expectation and knew nothing about, which I didn't. I just happened to like the two of them. Ray Romano's character is great. The twist with Ray Romano's character you see in the first couple of minutes is awesome and it keeps going throughout the series. It is, and then the, the twist for the ser- season finale is, is amazing. It's just really, really um, a great commentary on relationships, certainly. Uh, my wife jumped in and started watching with me and allowed us to make some good inside jokes about each other. I, I enjoyed it immensely. I don't know if anybody else so, saw so it. So you, you said it's a dark comedy? Yeah, it definitely is. There's some parts of it where you're like, holy shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, yeah. and there's some serious parts of it, too. But not serious, like deep serious, but serious thought-provoking serious. Like his character is clearly got some issues deep seated yeah. to want to do this and and again it's got some things you know like he has his reasons for thinking that this is a good product that people would want there's some interesting things you know like it removes the possibility of anybody ever couples ever having a need to or cheating on each other because you wouldn't be able to do that you'd always be speaking the truth not even speaking you'd be knowing the truth as a couple you, you you're communic you know people couples having the need to communicate better no better way to communicate better than when you're sharing the same thought that's the that's his concept and then of course there's the opposite side to that which is yeah you don't need to do that you know you should be able to communicate better but by communicating better there's a couple of recurring gags in the show that are pretty funny. Being put out to pasture is a gag that recurs in the show that is both metaphorical and, and uh, real. The Dan Backendall character keeps getting injured in funny ways that, that add to the show. Zach, you, you said you saw it? Yep. What'd yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's like a, it's one of the most interesting ideas for like a Black Mirror episode that gets a full season. Uh, very, very clever idea for a show. Very well done. Aggressively entertaining. I like yeah. the show a lot. I, I I think this show was very very cool. It's something that I it, I when it came on, I was like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. It, it's very very cool. I had a great time with it. Like you said, I didn't finish yeah. it yet, so I, I don't know the, how it ends yet. But uh, oh, the, the, you agree, Ray Romano is great in this. Phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal. He, he's really really good. It's not slapstick Ray Romano. It's yeah. you know different out there Ray Romano it's just really good I was really happy I find it I really I'm, I'm sure they will give it a second season I don't know if I uh, if it's been greenlit yet but and she like I said I I saw her in Palm Springs and thought she was fantastic and now after seeing her in this she's really talented yeah, and uh, I think she'll you'll see her in a lot bigger roles in the future so yeah it, it's a, like I said it's a super easy watch I watched it and you know 24 hours, you know, simple half-hour comedy uh, and only eight episodes for the first season. Go and watch Made for Love. You're calling it a dark comedy, but it sounds more like a horror film. (laughs) (laughs) No, Perhaps you you should discuss that with your wife, John. It is funny. I mean, I think the the flaw in how you described it in terms of the premise is that it was the guy's idea. You'd think that would be a woman's idea. You know, you you walk into the bathroom and then you're like, oh, 
and then you turn around and, and shut the, you know, close the uh, toilet seat. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that, that would make sense. Like a woman would want the man to snap into everything. Like you walk into the kitchen, you're walking out of the kitchen and you go back, close the cupboard. What you know, that kind, of, that kind just, of thing. He's just working on new material. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it would make more sense for a woman to come up with this idea than a man. <laughs> what studio sucks? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like, shoot. <laughs> Why would the guy want the girl to know what he's thinking? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not really about that. This character. I know. I just, I'm just you, you have I, to see this. This character clearly, you kind of only in the later episodes get a little bit of a picture of where he's from his upbringing oh, yeah. clearly Jeff, to, to, to back you up that's a that's a line from wall the old movie wall street or he, he goes uh, why'd you break up with her ah she asked me the wrong question what was that what, what were you thinking, thinking? <laughs> <laughs> all right that was made for love i watched that too after rosner recommended very fun show definitely check that one out Who's ready for some inspiration that only Sal D'Amelio can provide? Well, you're in luck because Sal's about to talk to us all about Greater. Take it away, Sal. Now we're talking about Greater with Sal D'Amelio. Sal. Get him, Sally. First of all, Jeff, thank you for inviting medians on the show because it seems like the show is funnier, better than when, you know, these pathetic actors come on. So thank you very much. <laughs> I like no. you, Sal. You're a wise fella. <laughs> First of all, Jeff, do you have any goddamn sponsors yet? I'm eating Germac pistachios. So if you can get them to write a check, I'd appreciate that. I've been, try- I've been trying to, but Ice Mountain Water hasn't returned my call. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to bring this show down a notch because this is kind of like an inspirational movie kind of a tragic movie uh emotional spiritual and religious but all kind of meshed into one it's a story about uh brandon burlesworth and he's a uh a famous arkansas offensive lineman and uh before 1999 there had never been a walk-on for a football program to ever become an all-american except brandon burlesworth so that's what the story is about it's about him just overcoming. Basically, he's a big guy. It's kind of like it's almost like Rudy. Uh, if you like the movie Rudy, it's very similar to that. Except Rudy kind of had a lot more success nationally. But except this story sounds like it's true. I'm sorry, please go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're right. There, that was very. I mean, Rudy was actual. There was an actual person that did. There was a Rudy, but I think they embellished that story to make it. I don't think they did this with here. This kid was just. Uh, basically, his, his football career was just basically, he was a big kid. He was fat. Unlike Rudy, Rudy was small and never really played. This kid was big, and uh, but just sloppy and slow, and he just dedicated himself, became a pretty good high school football player, wanted to go to Arkansas really, really bad. He was a decent high school football player, got a lot of offers to smaller schools. He did not want to go to those other schools. He'd rather walk on at Arkansas. His, his mother had to get an extra job to pay for that year of schooling, and he had to prove himself to get a scholarship in that one year, which he does. He ends up working his ass off even harder, becomes an all-American offensive lineman for the University of Arkansas and leads them to one of their best years they've ever had their senior year, Uh, gets drafted by the Indianapolis Colts uh, and the 63rd pick overall. Just a tremendous kid, a tremendous story. Uh, The story of the movie is not all football. It's about his relationship with his brother, uh, his older brother, who was played by uh, Neil McDonough. I know a lot of my friends here on the podcast like the Marvel movies. I think he's done a 
few of those, and he was in Band of Brothers. But he's kind of like the main actor, the star. I think he also executive produces it. This came out in 2016, but it's very, very inspirational. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, get the get the handkerchiefs out. You might you might cry a little bit along the way because it's right. On, I, I'm not. I mean, we've all been. Uh, kind of giving the plots away today, but th- this is a true story. So you're no going in. He he gets he tragically gets killed in a car accident. Jesus, um, oh, you wow. know that? Oh, hey. eleven days after he uh, signs with the Indianapolis Colts, um, or after he gets drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, so he doesn't even sign a contract, which was kind of weird. There's a scene in the movie where uh, th- this one th- he's kind of like a farmer and he's kind of like uh, uh sean mcdonough marty's his name uh, alter ego kind of telling him just bad things about why his brother died and all this stuff and one of the things he says is in the movie and i i had to look it up and it's true boy don't you wish he would have signed that contract before he died then his mother would have been taken care of because he didn't sign the contract so the mother never got a dime but i i, I, I want to look that up because i think ursay Ursay probably threw his mother some money, man. I just got to believe. I've actually met the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, and I, I think that guy took care of the mother. But anyway, that's another story. Yeah, I hate to, hate to break the news here, but it starts out with his funeral in the beginning of the movie. Hmm. It kind of goes back and forth through his high school days, his college days, meeting his, uh, meeting his um, uh, all of his um, teammates who kind of pick on him at first, and then he just overcomes that by just playing hard. Really, really good inspirational story. Again, it's probably not as good as Rudy just because of what Ron said earlier. I think they just embellished that story, made it seem so greater than what he really was, where this story just kind of, it's more kind of religious and spiritual, so it maybe doesn't have the bells and whistles that Rudy did, and that's why it didn't do as well at the box office. It, it was cost $9 million to make. It only made $2 million at the box office. I don't know what kind of money Netflix gave it, um, but anyway, I highly recommend it if you're just up for uh, just a really good movie about uh, a guy that overcame a lot uh, to unfortunately didn't get to see him block for NFL running backs for many years in the NFL it would have been fun to watch, but a really good story. I think everybody should watch. Interesting. Wait, so you're telling me that Rudy is not a true story? It, it is, but Ron, tell him how many lies there were in that movie. It's good. It, it's a friggin' cavalcade of lies. That thing. It's, I, like, like here, here, here's okay, here's what's true. He walked on to the Notre Dame football team. That is true. <laughs> Everything else in that story is an outright fucking lie. <laughs> The last last time I watched, my wife, my wife sat on Wikipedia reading me all the fake plot lines, and (laughs) the the main character, the Charles Dutton character, was totally made up. And she was doing it as I'm watching the last ten minutes of the movie. Your wife sounds like a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) So can I just tell you guys about? I'm sorry, Sally. I know this wasn't about Rudy, but now you got me started. About ten years ago, I saw Rudy. My company, my uh, my company hired that guy to be a motivational speaker at our national conference, and it was all I could freaking do, sitting on my hands, not wanting to say how many freaking lies did they. Tell there, Rudy. What your story is making a lot of sense there, buddy. Leaving out a few details there, Rudy. You know, like I, I, Ron, Ron, Ron. He didn't write the f- screenplay. He just took the check. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with you guys? Guy. I'm sure. I'm sure the producers of Greater would love the money that that Rudy brought in. So it didn't happen. But he's not the one that made John Favreau say, "Who's the wild man now?" <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh. Probably not. That if it did, whoever happen. really did should have been shot. <laughs>
You guys are ruining everything for me. I appreciate oh, sorry. this. It does sound um, like a good movie, though, Sally. You well, sure your, your recommendations yeah, are really pretty strong. So. It's really good. Yeah. All right. So you get greater and get a full expose on Rudy. Did not know a lot of that. All right. Up next, our guest, Sean Dustin, is going to take us through the con, a documentary on the origin and impact of the 2008 financial crisis. It's a fascinating review. Take it away, Sean. All right. Let's move on to our next show, The Con, from our guest, Sean. Sean, take it away, my friend. All right. Well, this is The Con, as you said. And how I came to know this five-part, or it's a five-part true crime documentary series about the 2008 financial crisis, everything that the big short didn't tell you which is the whistleblowers, the people that were trying to keep this thing from happening, the people that were calling out you know, the corruption way before it even got to a point that it did, probably around 2007, mid-2006, when they started to see what was actually happening on the horizon. It's a great flick. I was able to screen it, the show, so it was uh, about six hours worth of watching, and I ended up watching it three times before I was able to interview Patrick Lavelle, who's the one who kind of narrates it. The reason why he made this movie was he was caught up in in this situation himself. And he lost his home and he got foreclosed on and he was a producer. Everything kind of dried up in, in his field of work, his line of work at the time. He'd done a couple of reality TV series uh, and he wanted to find out the answer. So it took him about 10 years almost of research trying to get the stories together. And it really, the first episode is free uh, on the con.tv and you can go and watch it. And they centered it around a woman, a woman uh, named Addie Polk who lives in Ohio. It was about, you know, she was a 90 year old woman and her husband had they bought their house and he'd worked to pay it off and she had gotten a loan. So to say, I mean, they, they still think that it was a fraudulent loan all, all around, but what these banks would do is they would come into these areas of, you know, lower, I don't know, they were kind of run down areas where the people owned their homes, but there was dilapidation. There was, you know, all kinds of things that were cosmetically wrong with it. And they would go door to door and sell them line of credit loans from the bank to their homes, right? It's all, you can do all of this stuff and you can do these things. And so anyways, what ended up happening with her, and and I'll tell you this because it's really interesting. She got eviction notices and they were, you know, bugging her saying that, hey, your your house was going to be foreclosed on, you're not paying your, your mortgage, and she had nowhere to go. And so when the sheriff made the final attempt, when the day was for her to move, uh, get out, um, she shot herself in the chest. And this is a true story. And so that's where it starts at. And then it starts outlining all the different things that started happening and all the pieces and all the players. And it's really an amazing story and an amazing uh, documentary. It really paints the picture to where the layman like like myself, who does no, knows nothing about tranches or, or, you know, any of those types of financial instruments. And, you know, I mean, I... I I own I own debt. That's all I own. You know, I'm a part of the the cog too. And so it really paints the picture and shows how corruption works um, in the financial uh, world. And so, like I said, I was able to 
interview. Patrick Lavelle is a great interview. Um, myself and I teamed up with the Ripple Effect podcast, uh, and the host is Ricky Ricky Ravandis from there. And we had a good interview. I reached out later to Eric Vaughn, which is another producer of that, and uh, Cindy Castro DeRusso, who was another lower producer for that, and had them on the show. And the cool thing about this is like connecting with all these different people. I was able to connect with another woman who did three years in federal prison. And this was the back end of what, would ha- what was happening, right? And so not only were they shutting people up, uh, at the top levels, you know, it's a bureaucracy. You can only go as high as they'll let you go, right? The, you move the complaint up the ladder, up the ladder, up the ladder. Well, at the top, it was getting stuffed out. And so for the people that were on the bottom, and she was in, in this thing, she's a PhD, so her, her name's actually Dr. Carmen Johnson. She was calling out these foreclo- illegal foreclosures in Baltimore, Maryland. And so like she was keeping homes, like, like she saved over 800 homeowners from illegal foreclosure in before they locked her up for it right and so what ended up happening is the somebody high up said hey you need to stop talking about this and stop calling them illegal foreclosures and she said no i'm not going to and eventually they tied her into a conspiracy and put her away for three years she went to the supreme court and she's going back to the supreme court again but anyways Mm -hmm. long story short is there's going to be a sequel to the con and she'll probably have a part in it and i hooked her up with patrick because this was completely what they're dealing with, right? And so it's really cool how pieces start to put themselves together when you when you are doing things like this, and it's really cool. And the con is a great a great flick. Like I said, uh, first episode's absolutely free. Go check it out at thecon.tv. And uh, you know it's ten bucks to rent, and you get it for like fifteen days, and it's definitely worth the the money, in my opinion. Like I said, I watched it three times. Back the first time, I watched the full six hours and didn't didn't move, and then I watched it two more times just because it was so compelling. Hmm. Yeah, Howard and I are were super into the Big Short. I I used to joke about that when I traveled uh, every week on on airplanes. The Big Short was always my Delta go to movie just because I was so fascinated by the storyline of the big short. I'll just say one one other thing, you know, just an ancillary part of the story was I was listening to New York Times podcast just just a couple days ago, and they did a thing about uh, about Bitcoin. And I didn't realize this as an ancillary story to the big short, what that Bitcoin was created because of the insolvency of the mortgage market, um, that it, it was created as a a more stable form of currency to invest in while the markets melted down. And, and so I thought that was a super interesting thing that something so volatile and crazy in our world right now, like cryptocurrency, would come out of the very problem that was an insolvency that was also un- unstable, just like we never learn our lesson uh, out of this. Well, you know, another great movie on the subject is uh, is was an HBO movie, uh, Too Big to Fail. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw with, that. Uh, William Hurt and That's uh, amongst others. That's a great movie on the subject as well. And that really paints a picture like even worse than the big short of like how close to just collapse everything was. Yeah, they, those ones, you know, like the Big Short focus mainly on shorting the market, right? In the, in shorting that whole thing. This it 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 talks a little bit about that, but it talks more about how it was able to happen from the mortgage companies to the 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 people that do the what are they uh, appraisal companies yeah. and then the title companies. And so, you it know, it was all a big racket, the whole thing. Yeah, it was all tied together. So they yeah. were, 
you know, Wall Street was wanting these uh, uh, private, they were a mortgage backed security so they can, so they can play on the market. Right. And so they were, they were packaging up this stuff that were horrible and they were being incentivized by money, you know, all the way down the line. So if you give this mortgage or this rate, you'll get more money. So like everybody was going for the, you know, the balloon payment ones and, and all of those other ones. And then they were throwing them into the securities markets and, the really the, the difficult part of it, and they have some union people in there, is they started selling them to these unions and they were involved in it. And so they started buying and in, investing in it. And so that's how it really screwed a lot of union and blue collar people into having to work another 10 years when they were supposed to retire, you know, because they lost all of their half of their pension. And it's just, you know, you, we don't really hear a whole lot about that part of it. We, I mean, I, th- I thought The Big Short was a great movie. I loved it. And yeah. t- until I really saw how they, the mechanism by which they operate, it's really, I mean, it, it's really disturbing when you think about it. Yep. All right. The con. Thank you, Sean. Justin makes you want to run out and invest in Bitcoin, huh? All right. Well, we have come to the end of another episode. Jam-packed this one was. The con, made for love, and greater. You got your homework. Go grab your favorite place on the couch, grab your remote, cross your own streams, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.